been talking uh, really from the beginning of the year every Sunday on a theme called Open. And uh, uh, last year was such a year of closed. But we just thought this year our theme would be Open. And we're talking about different aspects of the power of Open. We know the power that happens when we open the door and let Jesus into our life. That's a transforming power. But we've been talking a lot lately about the power of opening your Bible. The power of receiving God's Word into your life, into your home, into your family. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says this, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path. You know, uh, there's a little walkway where I live there in Glenmore Park, and uh, I was just, it's a little bridge, and I was going across the bridge, and right before the bridge, there's a sign there that says, uh, beware of snakes, and there's this very graphic picture of a redback life-size snake, and of course, I've just walked past that sign many times until one day, as I walked past right under the sign, in debut, a red belly black was just going under, and I thought, this is interesting. So, a few <laughs> days later, I was walking there at night. And I stopped at that bridge, and I thought, dude, it's dark out here. And I remember, I have an iPhone. And I reached in, pulled out my iPhone. It has this beautiful little button that you can push, and the light comes on. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. That's what God's word is for us. His word is for sight and for insight. And I love this scripture in Psalm 119 and verse 97 and 98. Oh, how I love your instructions. I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Now, this passage of Scripture has some really uh, neat little treasures in it. And one of the exciting things is Here's some really good news. Life comes with instructions. How many reckon that's good news? Marriage comes with instructions. Teenagers come with instructions. This is what what it says. How I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. See, God's word is given to us for direction, correction, and protection. And so, I'm going to show you something now on the screen, and I just want to give you a warning ahead of time. What I'm about to show you makes me break out into a cold sweat, and it makes me go weak in the knees, so just a little warning, a little trauma might happen. It does for me, but I just want you to look at the screen and see. It's probably so bad that the guys back there aren't even going to put it up for me today. They're probably trying to save us all from this slide in a minute, in a day, anytime you guys are ready. All right, I guess we're not going to have it. It's a shame. Okay, what I was going to show you, I'm going to count down from five. Now, the only time these guys ever get noticed is when they muck up, because normally they, they're just, they, they, the, the, un- ah. That, my friends, that, my friends, 
is an Ikea flat pack. <laughs> is there another? Let's see the next photo. Is there another one or is that, is that it? Uh, there was a couple more maybe. Anyway, there's another one maybe coming if it does. But let me just say, that makes me go weak in the knees right there. And my definition of hell is a warehouse, endless warehouse of Ikea with flat packs all the way up and for eternity having to put together flat packs. But here's what I know about an Ikea flat pack. You got to follow the instructions. Dude, I'm telling you, you lay that thing out. There's 100 pieces there. And you don't want to put it together and have things left over. That's not a good thing. You've got to follow the instructions. You have to follow the design for how and why something is made. See, instructions help us get it right. And life... Oh, you guys forget it. Just go back to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, take it down. Life is much more complicated than an Ikea flat pack. And marriage is much more complicated. And family is much more complicated. And a right attitude is much more complicated. And it's also much more consequential when we don't get it right. I mean, at least with a flat pack, okay, I didn't get it right, but it's not my life. So if we need instructions to build a flat pack, how much more do we need instructions to build a life? You know, you're not supposed to just live a life. You're supposed to build a life. You know, sometimes we just live and whatever comes at us, okay, made it through the day, check another one off, ticked off another day. No, no, we're not to just live a life. We're supposed to build a life, build a marriage, build a family, build our, our, ourselves. This is what we're supposed to do. And we need instructions. If, I, if a flat pack needs it, how much more does my life and my integrity and my family? I need instructions. It's a dark world. It's a confusing world. And I need instructions. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, These words that I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. This is from a modern message translation. Jesus says, these words, they are foundational words. Watch this. Words to build a life on. Words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Life comes with instructions, and instructions help us get it right. A Bible is an owner's manual, and God gives us his word for direction, for correction, and for protection. And the psalmist said, oh, how I love your instructions. I don't hate these. I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies. They are my constant guide. We need a guide. When there are enemies about, when there are dangers about, we need a guide. Your your word is my guide. See, the reality is there is an enemy. Jesus teaches us that there is a thief 
a liar, an evil one, a destroyer who opposes your life. So life is complicated and contested. We need instructions because life is complex, but life is also contested by an enemy, by an evil one. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. You know, I think of the work, the work sites around Glenmore Park there where we live. And when a new home is being built, they've got all the fencing all, all around it. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons they have the fencing all around it is so a thief doesn't come in there and steal the wiring or something. You're trying to build something, and a, and a thief can come and steal, and steal the appliances or, or whatever. Uh, Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. What a contrast between an enemy and a savior. The New Living Translation says it like this. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, the reality is we have an enemy with an agenda, and it's evil. The enemy has an evil agenda against you and against what you're building with your life. The Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, he said, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, that's just the truth. God's word is not only for direction and correction, but his word is also for protection. God's word protects me because I need to be alert and I need to watch out because my great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so God's word makes me wiser than my enemy and is my constant guide. See, a guide can walk you through a minefield if, 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 he, if he knows how to get through there. A guide can get you up a mountain pass, even if it's dangerous, because he's been up it many, many times. Uh, a guide can keep you safe and, keep, and, and, and walk you through where the danger is and point out where the danger is and keep you from the danger. The devil desires to destroy. And snares have been set. And traps have been laid. And pits have been dug. For you and for me. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 26. That they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive to do his will. He's writing Timothy and talking about giving instruction so that those who have been caught in traps... They've been caught in a trap, but that they may come to their senses and escape, escape the snare and escape the trap of the devil, having been taken captive to do his will. Man, I have stepped in so many of those traps in my life and paid the consequences. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. 
We have to understand and we have to know that the enemy has plots and he has plans and he has ploys to take you out, to take you down. For example, this is just an example. and I'm going to share this with you and then I'm going to kind of go to the main thing I want to talk about in lieu of snares and traps. But for example, money can be a trap. Now, money is neutral. Money has no morality. Money is just money. It has no evil or good. It's just, it, it, it just is. Money just is something. But it can be a trap. And so here, here's the trap. In 1 Timothy 6, 9, we read, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare. Watch this. Into a snare and into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. That's the trap of the devil. That's the snare that has been set over something just as neutral as money. There's a trap out there if I'm not careful. There's a snare when it comes to money if I'm not careful. There's a pit for me when it comes to money if I'm not careful. So there's the snare. But his word makes me wiser than my enemy. His word is for my protection and my correction and my direction. So his word comes to me and teaches me to have the right attitude about money, to have the right heart toward money, and to avoid and to stay away from the snares and the traps. So watch this. Here's, here's the answer. Here's the instruction for us. Here's the instruction. It's just a few verses later in verse 17. Paul says this to Timothy. Teach those, in other words, instruction, instruct, teach those who are rich in this world. Now, we have to stop right there because when we think, well, who's rich? I'm not rich. I know. But look, when half of the population of the earth lives on less than $2 a day, let's just go ahead and say we're, we're rich. When, when over three billion people live on a buck and a half a day, we're rich, all right? So we're not going to talk about, well, who's rich in this building? I'm not rich. No, but to the rest of the world, we are rich. So let me just read it with that context. Teach those who are rich in this world. Here's, here's the instruction when it comes to money. Not to be proud and not to trust their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them, here's, here's the instruction, to use their money to do good, that they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. So here comes God's word. Here's a trap. Money can be a trap, can snare me, but, all, but instruction comes. And now through his word, he makes me wiser than my enemies because now I understand and I see what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to act when it comes to money. God's word protects us. God's word corrects us. And this is just one example of hundreds. In Psalm 124 and verse 7, our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. That's the beauty and the power of the instruction of God's word. So while the enemy wants to trip me up, God wants to lift me up and make me wise. The enemy sets snares and traps to destroy your life, your marriage, 
your peace of mind, your family, your stability, your integrity. But when I open my Bible, I find direction, correction, and protection. In Psalm 119, in verse 165, and this is kind of where I want to talk for the next couple minutes, and then we'll close. But I want us to look at this. Here's what it says. Those who love your law have perfect security. Those who love the instruction, those who love your law have perfect security. Watch this. And there is nothing that can make them fall. Man, that's the life God wants you to live. That's the home God wants you to build. Now, let me read it to you from the Passion Translation because it gets really, really interesting in this translation. There is such a great peace and well-being that comes to the lovers of your word, not the ignorers of your word, the lovers of your word. Come on. If the devil can't make you too lazy for the Bible, he'll make you too busy for the Bible. But he just wants to keep you from the Bible. He wants to keep you from instruction, right? So there is such a great peace and well-being that comes to the lovers of your word, and they will never be offended. Oh, really? This is so powerful because being offended is probably the greatest trap and snare in the enemy's arsenal. The devil wants you offended because it's such a trap. I mean, you can hardly turn on the news today or read any social media today without somebody being offended about something. The devil wants me offended. Now, in the Greek language of the New Testament, written in the Greek, the word for offense is the word scandalon, and it literally means a trap. It means a snare. It means a trip stick. In the New Testament, when we read about an offense, we're talking about the literal translation of that word is a trap. It's a trap. It's a snare. It's a pit that has been dug for you. It's the place. A scandalon is the place where you put the bait in a loaded trap. You set the trap. And where you place the bait down in the trap, because the whole purpose for the trap is to get somebody to step into it or to reach into it. That's the purpose of a trap. There's something there. Step into it. Reach into it. Your enemy wants you in a trap. So the scandal on is the place where you put the bait. The enemy wants you in a trap because he wants you to take up an offense. Now, I cannot dictate whether or not someone is going to be offensive to me. But I can choose whether or not I reach down and take up an offense in me. I can be, uh, have offense all around me, but that doesn't mean I've let an offense in me because, because I didn't reach in. I mean, people can be offensive because some people are just like that. But that doesn't mean I have to be offended because someone is offensive. Because let me tell you, when I reach in and take up an offense, Boom! The trap. The trap. If you 
take it up, the enemy will take you out. He wants me to be offended. I mean, after all, you've been, I mean, I've been, I've been affronted. I've been insulted. I've been hurt. I've been wronged. I've been mistreated. I've been upset. I've been slighted. I've been snubbed or much, much, much worse. And that's right, my precious. So just reach in there and take up that offense, my precious. We wants it. It's amazing how much extra time you have during lockdown. (laughs) The enemy knows that if I lay hold of an offense, bitterness will lay hold of me. Bitterness will come in to my soul and boom, I'm in a trap. I'm in a snare. I'm in a pit. It's like a snake bite. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15 says, Make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. Bitterness will make me resentful, and hateful. You just let it set in there long enough. You just let it stew. You just let it ferment in there long enough, and I will become resentful, and I will become hateful because bitterness hardens the heart, and it makes us unforgiving and unloving and unkind. And it's a trap. It's a snare. It's a coiled snake. But an open Bible makes me wiser than my enemies. And it's my constant guide. No, 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 no. No, don't, don't, no, no, not that. Not that. An open Bible makes me wiser than my enemy. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your instructions protect me and my family. They correct me and they direct me. You see, the thief wants to make me bitter but the word wants to make me better don't let the enemy take you out let God's word take you deep choice is mine I can let it take me out by taking up an offense by stepping into a snare a trap or I can let God's word take me deep and make me better. So his word instructs me. Even though I've been, even though an offense has, has come, his word instructs me. I open his word for protection. And I just decree and declare, even in the midst of terrible offensive things, I just decree and I just declare, declare I will not take up an offense. You cannot make me take up an offense. 
I will not hold a grudge. I'm just not going to do that. I am not going to live resentful. Nope, I forgive you. I forgive everybody. I will, I will not retaliate. That's, I'm not going to do that. I want to do that. I'm not going to do that. The bait is there. It's appealing. And it feels like maybe I would really like to lay hold of it. But I will not. I will not keep score. The enemy wants enmity between you and me. The enemy wants enmity between you and those in your world and those in your life. But God's word makes me wiser than my enemy. Galatians 5.15 says, If you bite and devour one another, beware lest you consume one another. That's why the enemy wants us offended, because we will bite and devour one another. No, not going to happen. Not going to happen. I think about his instruction. So I will forgive and I will forbear. I will. I will. I will pardon and I will absolve. I will release and I will relieve. I will love and I will let go. I will let, as we sang earlier, I will let mercy triumph over judgment. When I open my Bible, God protects me. When I open my Bible, God corrects me. When I open my Bible, God directs me, and he keeps me, and he makes me wiser than my enemy who has set snares and who has set traps for me. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, and verse 21, I just, here's the, the voice of the Lord speaking. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Wherever you turn to the right hand or to the left, that's the beauty of God's word, direction, correction, protection. No, this is the way. No, don't do that. Don't lay hold of that. That's a trap. That's a trap. There are snares and there are traps. And the enemy wants to tear me down. But God wants to build me up. And God wants to help me build a life. And build a family. Build a marriage. And build a ministry. In Psalm 27 and verse 6. And now my head shall be lifted up above all of my enemies round about me. Come on somebody. The enemy wants to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus wants me to live and live abundantly. And permanently, as he gives us eternal life. Psalm 32 and verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. This is our compass. This is our true north. This is our plumb line. And when everything else is shaking, this is solid. This is the rock that you can build your life on and that you can build your word on. Life is hard and it's complicated. And it's difficult. And there is an enemy who has come to combat and counter and contest. We're not in heaven yet. We are living in occupied territory. There's a day coming when there'll be no enemy. And it won't be that complicated. But it's not today. And until that day, I need to have my eyes wide open. Until that day, I need to be alert and aware. And I need instruction for how to live my life and how to think. It's hard and difficult and complicated life, but he gives me instruction. And there's an enemy that, can, that just wants to combat me all the way, but God makes me wiser, wiser than my enemy. I'm going to ask our team to come as I share with you my last verse of Scripture. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 and 29, Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I just want to read it one more time before we close. I want to read it from the message translation of the Bible, the New Modern Translation. And here's what it says. Are you tired? Worn out? Burn out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn. Learn. These are the instructions. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the gift of the Bible, instructions how to live our life. I thank you for the correction that's in it. I thank you for the protection that's in it. I thank you for the direction that's in it. And Lord, we're aware today that there's an enemy, a thief. And I just pray today that we'd open our Bibles and become wiser than our enemy. That we'd learn to build a life, a good life, a strong life. A life that would last forever with Jesus as our foundation. I pray many today would hear your words and come to you and find rest for their souls. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.